Hi, Daniel. Welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. I've I've been reading your essays and your books for many years now. So, uh, and we've also had some very spirited discussions online. So, I'm excited to finally have you on the show. How are you today? I'm great. Yeah, just uh, happy to to still be alive and kicking. <laughs> um, so we've we've been going back and forth over the David Grush story, the alien UFO revelation. Um, that at least seems to me to be the most significant alien UFO story that I've seen in in history. I can't think of a bigger one. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I mean, Grush is a former intelligence official. He served in the Air Force and in the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. And um, you know what he said is shocking. I mean, very very shocking. Um, he said that the U.S. government has been hiding evidence of UFOs from the public for decades, that they've recovered, I think, is it 12 UFOs? Yeah, 12 craft. 12 craft, some of which are still being studied presently. Uh, they've been working to reverse engineer alien technology. Some of the alien beings are malevolent and have even killed, he alluded to them, they've killed humans. There's a secret agreement between government and aliens, apparently, and... Um, some people have potentially been murdered to protect the, the secret. So <clears throat> I thought that you would be a, a great person to talk to about this because you've you've written a lot about, uh, you've actually covered UFO subjects um, in, in your book, 2012, The Return of Quetzalcoatl, um, discussing the possibility that ancient civilizations were visited by aliens, um, breaking open the head, you talk about the use of psychedelics as potentially a way to communicate with, I don't know, um, other entities, maybe not from, you know, this planet or, uh, so you've, you know, you've explored this topic in depth. What do you make of this? Yeah, well, I, I do want to mention that, um, well, Grush is the latest um, figure to step forward. I mean, there has been a whole procession of them. I mean, like, you know, there was the Israeli uh, um, space security chief. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Chaim Eshed, uh, Israeli defense ministry, uh, head of Israel defense ministry space directorate. Um, and he, he said that we are, we have, a, you know, a galactic visitors. And so did the former uh, minister of defense from Canada, Paul Hellyer. Uh, so these kind of things are actually happening kind of almost on a regular, like every few years or something like that. The, the sort of major figure steps forward. Um, although, you know, up until now, obviously we haven't seen like any corroborating evidence, like, you know, strangely, like, you know, photos of craft or, or whatever. I mean, um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, um, it's a very complex um, phenomenon to kind of get our minds around. Um, and um, there's many like strange aspects to it. I mean, uh, part of my research for my 2012 book, I also wrote a short book that was more about kind of all the, the different approaches to the extraterrestrial UFO question called the occult control system. Uh, and the title was from uh, Jack Vallee. Uh, who was one of the most famous ufologists. I think he was actually the model for uh, Francois Truffaut's character in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the French scientist and so on. Uh, but he, he talked about how, um, you know, in his decades of studying 
the sort of uh, UFO and abduction phenomenon, that it seemed to be more of some kind of like hidden uh, control system that um, was like was like was like some kind of like strange like steam valve, which on the one hand invited us to kind of like uh, consider the possibility that you know there are these adjacent dimensions or beings from other realities, uh, yet sort of flirted and played with that, yet somehow still never came forward, never revealed itself in any way that, um, you know, was uh, substantiated, substantiated, you know, so it's sort of like flirts at the edge, like it's a, it's a liminal or kind of a marginal uh, zone of phenomena. Uh, when I wrote my second book, uh, 2012, yeah, as, as you mentioned, my first book was on psychedelics. That was back in 2002. And at that time, you know, you really couldn't talk about psychedelics in like, you know, the media in like New York on the East Coast, most most places around the world, you would just get ridiculed. And um, when, when I published that book, you know, when I did, when I researched the book, I realized that the subject was extremely fascinating and important. And, and now the world is kind of caught up like 20 years later. It was just this, you know, 12,000 person conference in Denver and psychedelics are getting legalized and a huge of corporate money and, and, and power has kind of moved into uh, trying to define the field for the future, you know. So, um, so I've, that, that, that experience kind of led me to realize that sometimes when you have phenomena that's like repressed and ridiculed and taboo in the mainstream culture, there may be um, something of great value uh, or, some, or some reasons that there are these kind of layers of repression and, and even our tendency to just, you know, knee-jerk mockery you know, which is what, what's often been the case when it comes to like ET, ETs and UFOs um, is a way it's, it's like a repression mechanism uh, for society. Um, so when I wrote the second book, 2012, I wrote a little piece for Wired magazine on the uh, crop circles, these patterns that appear um, mainly in England, but other places around the world uh, every summer. And um, Wired, Wired magazine published the piece, but then the editor was like kind of pissed that I'd, I'd uh, not completely derided the phenomenon. And so I was then like blackballed from Wired. I could never write for them again. But I, I ended up going into it more for my second book. I ended up spending, um, you know, parts of two summers uh, in England and uh, interviewing everybody involved with the phenomenon. And I mean, for various reasons, we can go into at various levels of depth. You know, my, my perspective is that it's, it's not entirely a human-made phenomenon. Uh, that some other type of intelligence or um, consciousness is uh, choosing to communicate or interact with us uh, through those patterns uh, here and there. Not that some aren't made by, by humans and so on. So, um, yeah. So, and then studying that, I obviously became more and more interested in uh, UFOs and alien abductions, which had really not been a big interest of mine uh, earlier. So I started reading a lot, you know, obviously the uh, Whitley Strieber stuff. Uh, I read um, Richard Dolan's work. Uh, Richard Dolan was an academically trained historian who wrote a two-volume book, uh, UFOs and the National Security State, uh, where he basically ended up um, arguing that, you know, we had discovered craft, we'd had interactions with beings. And uh, I mean, he's elaborated that into a whole construct where he believes that, you um, like there are elements of a secret government that have um, kind of um, learned how to utilize this very advanced alien technology to the point where they constitute almost like a breakaway civilization uh, within our society. Now, I don't know if I agree with that, but he has done a lot of research and certainly the, 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 the sort of the 
level of scholarship in those first two books, uh, UFOs and the National Security State, uh, I thought was pretty impressive. Uh, I'm also, you know, very interested in more like shamanic, occult, uh, esoteric kind of approaches to the phenomenon. So, you know, you go back to Carl Jung, who wrote The Flying Saucer Myth, uh, was his, his last book. Uh, he um, looked at it from a sort of uh, Jungian, you know, psychology archetypal perspective. He saw the, uh, the round shape of the uh, saucers as a symbol for a psychic wholeness, like a dream symbol, like a mandala or, or a, a grail symbol that might appear in a dream. Uh, and he talked about how often in dreams you find this kind of like spiraling around the center, which represents like the hidden aspects of the self or the psyche. So he actually thought that the, um, the flying saucer myth, you know, as a sort of contemporary myth that was sort of coming into prominence uh, at back, back then, um, was, was kind of an aspect of this journey towards psychic holdness. Um, you know, and, he, and even through a process in a, in a way Young felt that we were approaching uh, the time, the sort of, you know, what the Western, um, you know, religious traditions, Judeo-Christian traditions talk about as apocalypse, uh, which is a word that literally means uncovering or the, you know, the, the unveiling or the revealing of what's hidden or so on and so on. And that for Young, this was primarily a psychic event. Uh, that was, uh, he, I think he or maybe Edinger, his student, described as the, the coming of the self into conscious realization. So, uh, so actually, it's a, potentially it's a um, kind of, uh, yeah, a, 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 a process of psychological integration of, of the shadow, of the unknown, of the, of the mystery, of the esoteric. Um, and that somehow the, um, the sort of appearance of these round objects all around the world back in the 1940s was a kind of harbinger uh, of, of this um, integration process. Uh, so yes, there's a whole other, all sorts of different other angles, of, of, you know, ways I've been, I've been trying to understand it. You know, I guess what I, what I try to do is, um, you know, kind of uh, be careful of the crossing the line between, okay, this is, very, you know, I, this, this is evidence, you know, this is very interesting, um, you know, this is hypothesis, you know, this is um, speculation, you know, in a way. Yeah, yeah I mean, so to just to take you through my kind of personal evolution on the whole topic of aliens because it sort of follows the path that you you outlined there um i mean i first of all didn't take it seriously at all uh was not, never particularly interested in ufos and i just thought okay maybe i don't discount the possibility of I, i'm sure it's fairly certain that there's life somewhere in the universe given the um the scope of the universe, the infinite nature of the universe. It, it, it's almost a mathematical certainty that life has evolved somewhere else. Uh, but I never particularly took it very seriously. Um, I then had a, a, an ayahuasca experience. I went to um, Peru 2015. Uh, and the first thing that I saw under the influence of ayahuasca was a gray alien with a, a large probe. And I was... Um, basically what sounded to me like many many alien abduction stories essentially that was the first thing that happened to me and it was the last thing that i expected was going to happen the the very last thing i expected was going to happen so it took me you know it was very frightening i had a you know i, I didn't enjoy it very much at all i uh, wanted out was desperate to for the whole thing to end um but then, well, was, it, was it was it extremely um kind of uh 
Uh, I mean, uh, how how realistic was that? I mean, was this an eyes closed visions or or was like yeah, eyes closed? I mean, as in about as more real than reality. As in, I was in here this world, and then like almost like that was gone and was um, facing an alien and <laughs> being uh, floating up in the air and having aliens go th in through my spine and uh, mm. like medical they basically i mean it was actually turned out to be a natural a very healing experience um but uh you know, how, was, how, how, was, how was it healing well they seem i mean again this is just expl just to uh, i know a lot of our listeners are going to be like this is crazy and it was yeah. it was again the last thing that i've ever i expected to experience was but they appear to find points in my spine i have a pain condition of a fibromyalgia and mm -hmm. um like they found all the pain points along my spine uh, and then proceeded to, the best way I can describe it, I wrote about this on on, on my old side of Daily Banter, but um, the best way I can describe it was they seemed to uh, make me physically understand that my perception of reality was linked to the pain that I would experience, if that makes any sense. Totally makes and, sense to me, but that's super fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 so it was, you know, five hours of essential torture uh, mm. until I'm thinking I was dying. Until I gave up, I quit. I basically said, "Okay, look, I'm dead. I've gone to another realm. This is I've I've fucked up." Uh, I remember feeling very sad that my family was, you know, not going to see me again, um, and uh, gave up. But as soon as I gave up, stopped resisting and accepted that whatever it was they were doing to me, like that was when I had that kind of weird breakthrough where I was like, oh, wow, okay. I need to accept that my understanding of reality, my perception of where humans are in the pecking order, like who are, you know, what is a human being? Are we alone? Are we alone on the planet, right? The, the Western concept of, um, uh, you know, where we are in the... In, in nature for example is with you know with the apex predators with the most the only intelligent life form the only self-aware life form we're, we're sort of accepting that dogs might have a bit of consciousness and dolphins might have some and whales might have some um so that was essentially just ripped away and then i've shown that no all life is conscious like there are consciousnesses you know on the planet plant you know plants mushrooms whatever that have consciousness that are way beyond yours intelligences that are vastly superior to your own that you don't know who you are where you come from or why you're here um and, and this that's is like, a new... that's a great lesson ben congratulations <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was it was a hard lesson it was definitely it was definitely hard but as soon as i accepted it it seemed to like massively ease a lot of physical suffering that i've been going through uh, then I did three more sessions which were no less uh <laughs> they, were, they were equally tough but um it, it it was a, but the 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 alien. So it, it took me years to kind of integrate this. What does it mean? What do the aliens mean? What, what, is the alien real? And what I kind of came to was this sort of Jungian interpretation that perhaps this alien, the alien, was in fact us. It was our. It, this was a sort of a, something deep within our own psyche. Um, you know, in the perhaps in the jungle, that might not be in the Amazon rainforest. I, I spoke to someone down there who said, "Well, that was what you would call an alien, but that's not what we would call an alien." Um, to them, those earth spirits that you know, he described them as earth spirits. Um, so I had this sort of Jungian interpretation that this was something to do with our 
our, you know, our, I don't know, our psyche. I struggle to put it into words, really. But um, so that's the sort of model I've had. I think Terence McKenna talked about that as well. Terence McKenna talked about, um, you know, the Earth going through because we're in some sort of crisis mode, and the in the West we have no, there are no deities we have no gods we have no there are no gods of nature we've killed god as well the the biblical god so instead what we have now is the um the human overmind is create is the aliens are appearing as a as a kind of a uh, a warning sign or or a kind of some sort of archaic memory that we that we are not alone and that there are forces greater than ourselves but it's like an updated version i guess an updated version for a technologically advanced civilization so that's the kind of model that i had in in, in my head about what what was probably going on and with all lots of alien sightings you know you see them you can't it's always blurry images the person who says they've seen an alien you, you know bob lazar for example was he really did he really work in you know um, at Area 51, it's hard to say. Did he really go to MIT? It's not entirely clear. The evidence for phys the physical evidence for the existence of aliens thus far is not great, I would say. Um, and there are always some problems. There are always flaws I find with the people who come out and say, "Hey, I've seen this," or you know, or there's there's an element of doubt. But this guy, David Grush, has just done was it was it like an 11, 11 hours of testimony to Congress. Mm -hmm. With detailed documents and and apparently photo evidence. I mean, I've listened to the interviews and I've listened to um, you know the Marco Rubio, the, the Marco Rubio thing. As much as I dislike Marco Rubio, I don't think he's a crank. And from the interviews that I've seen him done, he's been shaken. Like you can tell that he's not. That's something's flipped. In like he's seen something that he he can't unsee. So this is challenging my model of a sort of psychedelic Jungian um, earth spirit uh, explanation for the existence of aliens, where you've got now, um, you know, again, we still haven't seen the physical proof, but there are people saying we have seen the physical evidence. And that to me, and these are not loonies either. These are like high level intelligence, high ranking intelligence officials. So, that that seems that that's that's shaken my model again of of what might be happening here with the, the prospect of like physical actual visitation um and i don't have a scientific problem with it that's the thing i don't have a there's no i don't have no philosophical problem with this with this idea i don't that's why i find strange that people people um have a kind of uh like like you talk about like a it's like mushrooms, right? You, people think they're silly or people think they're kind of stupid or you're crazy. I, I've never thought that. Yeah. Um, but now, I mean, what do we do? What does that, ha what, ha what happens to society if, I mean, these things are not psychic visions that is in, it's real. Have you, have you sort of thought about that too? Of course. I mean, I've, you know, spent years thinking about this stuff. But I mean, I think that the first problem and it's a big problem is uh, our kind of um, you know philosophy, epistemology, kind of phenomenology, like you know, and everything that you just said, you know, you repeat over and over again. You know, the, the you know, I didn't think these things were real. I didn't think they could be like physical in a way. Um, that's that's why I was recommending this guy Patrick Harper and his book, uh, The Philosopher's Secret Fire. Uh, 
Yeah, because our uh, our society, our, our whole civilization is founded on this um, kind of distinction between this. You know, like we're we're very literal. You know, like we think there that, that there's, you know, um, um, you know, we think there's things that are that are real and physical, and other things are just fantasy and imagination, right? Uh, you know, you know what? What if it's if the world isn't actually so simple? <laughs> you know, uh, you know what? What if our? You know what? What if the the, the universe? I mean, I'm, I'm the other person who I'm super passionate about these days is a uh, philosopher, Bernardo Castro, uh, who um, wrote a book called Why Materialism Is Baloney, uh, and another great book called uh, The Idea of the World. Um, and I'd already talked about kind of idealism in the, in the 2012 book, but essentially the idea is that, um, and Kastrup is very good. He was a um, scientist at CERN. Uh, so he has really good you know, credentials as, as, a, as a scientist and, and a sort of rigorous thinker. And um, so he basically argues that the, you know, reductive materialist hypothesis uh, is, is nonsensical uh, when you break it down that um, you know, the, the, rather than, Consciousness having emerged as an you know accidental byproduct of physical and biological evolution, uh, it makes much more sense since consciousness is actually you know the ground of everything that we experience. To understand that that consciousness is actually the ontological primitive, and the entire physical universe is kind of um, you know a projection of that consciousness. So we we ourselves are like dissociated alters or aspects of that field of consciousness which can only know itself and experience itself by, by creating separate containers, you know, at different levels of, of, of complexity and sophistication with different levels of like, at least, um, you know, perceived free will in a way. Um, so, and, and, and Kastrup goes on to say that if you then, in the idea of the world, that if you then have this understanding that actually this is like, a, like a, almost like a, a dream that this consciousness is projecting, just as the way when we dream at night, um, you know, we might have, we enter scenes full of these dream characters who seem just as real as the people we know. We can like taste the food, you know, we, 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 you know, I mean, I've had these dreams recently of like, you know, like, uh, you know, floods, swamps, you know, we can feel the water on our toes or whatever. Like, how is that all happening? It feels just as real as, as this reality, but it's all just constructed, you know, in, in, in our minds in some sense. Right. So. You know, the, the universe itself may be a construct with, within consciousness, you know, that, um, you know, creates this experience, you know, so, so it can know itself and, and, and explore its possibilities and so on. So I think that, um, you know, and we're seeing that actually, like, if you look at, like, the uh, Nobel Prize for Physics 2022, uh, went to these experiments that demonstrate that the universe is um, not locally real, you know, that uh, essentially where there's no observer, it, 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 it sort of becomes, a, you know, kind of waveforms, you know, vibratory patterns or whatever. And it's only the observer who like pulls the kind of chaos in, into momentary, you know, kind of solidity and so on. So I think like we need to start to understand this at a deeper level or integrate it, let's say at a deeper level, these types of ideas to approach something as, you know, bizarre, seemingly bizarre, I'd say, as, um, you know, the, 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 the alien experience, you know, if there are real crafts, if there are, you know, beings and so on, um, you know. Do we uh, need, here's, here's a question. Do we yeah. need all, all of that? Do we need those much more esoteric um, uh, philosophical 
maybe what would you call it even um explanations for yes. what's happening here would you do you need all of that if there are physical you know no, like, see, see, i can tell by you by that question you've completely not understood what i've been talking about <laughs> okay yeah i mean it's it's a tough one it takes a long it took me a long time and a whole process that actually very much even involved like the crop circles um you know it, it, you know the universe is not literally real let's say in the way that we we've our our, our you know, kind of, um, let's say, dualistic language, our, our whole dualistic mindset, like, like you know, the, the entire epistemology and, and philosophy that we've been grounded in, you know, is, 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 is forcing us to always look for, you know, to feel there's like this literal reality that's separate mm. from something that happens like in the imagination or dream or something like that. But if it's, but, but if it's you know, the, the part of it is that... Um, you know, there, there are elements of, for instance, like the alien abduction, the UFO saga, you know, where, where you know, we are probably because of where, as you said, where we're at in terms of our, of our level of consciousness, our level of technology, we're somehow co-creating something, you know, even to the point of these literal manifestations being a kind of like a shadow projection of our collective psyche, you know, let's say, um, you know, just yeah, and, and, and I, I think, I, I, I think, you know, I do understand. I get what you're saying, um, and I do think that, you know, there's some truth to that, clearly. Uh, but you know, it's like John Edward Mack's studies on, on alien abductions in the '90s. You know, his, his conclusion was that these are not so much physical abductions, but they are happening in. You know, we have to take into consideration these sort of alternate realities and and he drew on indigenous wisdoms where this stuff is not controversial at all um i mean i read it i can't remember reading about uh a guy who went through a shamanic initiation yeah. uh, process and he realized that um when shamans were talking to each other they did not differentiate between what we experience as reality the dream state and psychedelic visions so they were all in, they were completely integrated. So there was no difference. And he would, one he would say like you know, I just like fought a dragon and and I was late to coffee because I was like fighting a dragon in the river and then came here and then got swallowed into an alternate reality and then came back and and he realised that they don't there's no diff, they, they don't seem to separate the, the, you know in in obviously in Western culture we do we, the dreams are not real. I mean I'm always telling my five year old that he's, he has bad dreams and I'm like look you know it's just a dream. Yeah. Uh, so you can't take it too seriously. But that's, you know, this is a cultural assumption. And in other cultures, that's not, you know. Uh, did you write about this, about aborigin about aboriginals who said that they'd, they weren't, weren't particularly impressed with people flying, to, going to the moon because they'd been there already? Yeah. Um, it was that, that was in your book, right? It might have been, but I, but I, I, I you know, it, it, I don't remember exactly, but it easily could have been. Yeah. Or like, um, uh, there's a story of um, you know an anthropologist who was with the Australian Aboriginals, and um, he asked them what 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 for them is the dreaming, mm. uh, and they pointed to a uh, a plane uh, flying in the air, and they said a white man dreaming. You know? Yeah, interesting. I mean, yeah. but, but the thing I, is that you know the reason that I think it's so important is because you know I don't know that this is going. I mean, it might be that this continues to be a liminal. Or, or in Patrick Harper's terminology, a daimonic, not demonic, but kind of daimon, uh, like, like a sort of liminal trickster phenomenon that's on the edge of our 
perception, even though every now and then the Israeli space minister or the you know, is, you know, Canadian Minister of Defense or, you know, U.S. intelligence people come forward and say, hey, guys, this is really happening. You know, somehow it still doesn't sort of enter into the mainstream, you know, or, or, or it might, you know, there, there might be a moment, you know, where, where, where something else happens. But, you know, we're going to have to be kind of like... Um, Evaluate. I and mean, if, you, if you look at the abduction myths, like David Jacobs' uh, book, The Threat. Um, mm. So he was a hypnotherapist who began to look at, uh, work with all these people who were experiencing uh, alien abduction phenomena. And mm. he began to tease out uh, a very consistent um, kind of pattern that freaked, freaked him totally out. Uh, he ended up believing that we're on the cusp of an alien abduction, uh, sorry, alien invasion. And that they're actually, you know, because apparently a lot of times they would take people on board these ships. And then there's also so many weird things about the aliens, like, you know, they have no culture, you know, they have nothing. I mean, they don't have, uh, you know, they don't have a Shakespeare, they don't have a music, you know, there's something very like dead and kind of stagnant about them. Once again, almost like dream dream figures or like bacteria or, or something. It's like, it's like not like, you know, they're, they're not like fully articulated you know, kind of characters in some sense. They're, they're like weird uh, replicants or something. But uh, yeah, they would, they would often bring people aboard these ships and um, they would do these, you know, sort of tortures on them and so on. And then they would show them uh, films of like a future, like hologram projections of like a future where humans had destroyed the earth um, environmentally. But I the- I saw that in my, I was, that's what I saw. Yeah. I was showing like future and, and that they were actually making high because a lot of times in the abductions they uh, take sperm and egg uh, okay. from the people and then they actually say that they're making hybrid uh, human aliens um, and they actually bring the people back over time to play with the hybrid human alien children um, so they're and in the in the projections these holograms they would be showing these hybrid human aliens walking together in this post-apocalyptic world with a sort of a presumption being that um, our species was kind of done, but they were repopulating the earth as these sort of hybrid human aliens. Um, so it's almost like they have a kind of, you know, they're expressing kind of a mythological unconscious or um, kind of a dark shadow projection of our collective psyche. Um, and uh, yeah, we gotta, we gotta watch that. We gotta understand that that's, that our psyche is somehow engaged in something here uh and that and that you know we're somehow inflecting you know the dream world that of consciousness in a way i mean again and that would be probably the model that i i'd had uh, up, up until quite recently uh that this was i you know i believe there was this kind of this like you talk about in this kind of liminal space this trickster like appearance of of, of alien life and it's there but it's not there you know there's you can't quite grasp it you can't quite see the photo you can't you know um, if, if this whole hearing goes nowhere, for example, this this would feed into that hypothesis, right? That's that's what I'm I, I'm predicting that that's probably what's going to happen, right? Because that's my current model. My current model is that it's going to go nowhere. Um, they'll do some, you know, there might be some sort of hearing on it. Um, they're not going to go to Area 51 or wherever it is they're going to and break down the doors with Marco Rubio with a microphone uh, and a camera. I, I can't see that happening. So then we'll be back to, you know, you know, grasping at, at, at straws. 
And for the time and, being, I mean, a lot of the uh, once again to go back to what the the narrative, which is quite coherent, that these you know bizarre entities seem to be uh, showing people you know in, in these in these uh, you know abduction accounts is um, you know kind of um, ecological catastrophe followed by a level of alien intervention. Um, sometimes people also talk about they're being trained to pilot these like huge ships mm. that are coming down when, when the um, environment collapses and they'll be hoarding you know tons and tons of people onto the, onto these ships. Uh, I would definitely would not get onto those ships if that actually happens. <laughs> I, I think like um, I mean, you know, yeah, there's like it's a, Ben. It's a little bit hard. I mean, I did explore this stuff in, in the 2012 book, but obviously this stuff is hard to talk about. I mean, I, I look at it from very some very like occult, you know, hermetic, esoteric idea, you know, kind of um, approaches like Rudolf Steiner's work or um, you know the the idea of like um, the Aztecs talk about the age of the fifth sun and the age of the sixth sun um, that, you know, from 2012 to 2021, we were in this transition from the fifth sun to the sixth sun. And so the last 5,100 years for the, for the, uh, for these Aztecs was the, a sun of light. So that meant it was a time where the predominant kind of uh, frequency, let's say of consciousness uh, was rationality, daylight, clarity, kind of like, you know, everything that we've accomplished, you know, with science and tech and, and kind of like this, you know, this sort of full duality, like um, that's embodied in our, you know, digital systems and in our dualistic language and so on. But for the Aztecs, as we move into the age of the sixth sun, uh, it's, it's, a, it, it's a sun of darkness rather than a sun of light. So during the sun of darkness, the, the predominant tonality, let's say, or frequency of consciousness is more dreamlike. It's more like the, the, the underworld, the realm of the psyche, uh, the realm of the unconscious. And um, things manifest uh, more uh, like they do in a dream, uh, which means that if we don't have better kind of like um, inner ecology of our, of our thoughts and emotions, are the things that we, you know, are, are, you know, our negative repressed shadow aspects are going to take uh, more and more twisted, you know, form, you know. So um, I find that very um, resonating for me. That that that, that uh, it's from this book, Sergio Magana's book. The the it's called the Dawn of the Sixth Sun or something. Um, yeah. So it's like it's it's because um, yeah, we can feel there's like, I mean, the world feels quite a bit different than it did 20, 30 years ago now, right? Like, you know, it's like it's more. It feels sort of more psychedelic. Like you can't really trust anything like there's a lot of uncertainty there's a lot there's a lot of trickery uh, even our machines are sort of becoming alive in this very strange way they're like starting to talk back to us you know we don't know if they like us or if they want to like kill us or turn us into paper clips or make us into pets you know uh, we don't know we don't know where this thing is going right now and meanwhile the ecological catastrophe is uh, you know extremely it's like it's like way worse even than people were predicting you know scientists were predicting like 10 years ago in terms of where we are with the heating with the oceans you know all the oceans around europe have been like three to five degrees uh, celsius warmer than than ever seen before uh, we just had the hottest week on record so it's like everything is like it's like this kind of like crazy pressure cooker um, um and yeah i mean i think um 
sort of uh, getting a handle on this uh, understanding that we're somehow um, uh, an aspect of this consciousness that's that's created this sort of you know dream in, w- in which we're all participating. Uh, we, we we sort of need to anchor that more and more. You know, it's very much like the Indo-Tibetan Buddhist perspective. You know, if you read like uh, the Tibetan Yoga of Dream and Sleep or Namkhen Norbu, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this, you know that um, you know reality is only um, different by degrees uh, from dream reality. Yeah, I mean, it it does seem like we are going through some a very serious crisis, and that the as the ecological, you know, our technological advancements are happening at, at such a rapid pace, in conjunction with the breakdown of the of you know the Earth's ecosystems. So, I mean, this it looks it does look like a sort of you know having read a lot of anthropology and um, studied a lot of people who you know sh- shamanic cultures where we we're entering into a kind of a crisis phase um and it's it's a self perhaps it, it seems like some sort of self-induced crisis phase crisis that we're going through um that's definitely yeah that's been a kind of a theme in a number of my books like the 2012 book and also the more recent book how soon is now that um in a way we've um we've created a kind of initiatory uh death and rebirth crisis for ourselves as a species mm. as the as the only way to um you know, bring about uh, the next level, let's say, of human consciousness and human development. Mm. Uh, uh, that for me requires, you know, kind of integrating, you know, this 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 uh, analytic idealism perspective uh, and, um, you know, what's maybe great about our different, like, esoteric and religious traditions, you know, as, as well as we, you know, stick with the technology and the science. Um, and, but we need to a- apply it with... Um, you know, a more holistic, uh, empathic um, approach somehow. So would you, do you see this new revelation, the kind of David Grush story as a sort of a, another layer of that, another kind of plot point in the plot in the, in, the, in, the, in this overarching narrative? Yes. Um, I mean, and, and again, that would be my, my instinct would be to regard it in that. Um, yeah. I would totally agree with that. Um, I mean, I also think, you know, we have to ask ourselves, you know, if these beings have this like super advanced technology where they can travel either from other dimensions or across the galaxy in, in some way that we can't even imagine, and these little ships, you know, is there any real, realistically, would they be crashing those ships you know, by accidentally, you know, into the desert? I had this conversation with my um, my podcast partner, and, and my my take on it was that look, like you know, a hundred years ago when we were flying aircraft, um, we would crash a lot. Uh, I mean, most flight uh, fifty, you know, something like a fifty percent crash rate. Um, it, you know, when we were first experimenting with high powered air- aircraft, there's a Bill Bryson book, fascinating Bill Bryson book about what it took to create the you know modern fighter planes, and it was just absolutely important the death toll was insane um but now we're we've kind of mastered or not mastered but we're a lot further advanced with our aviation technology and planes crash but not much you know you've got more of a chance of being struck by lightning than dying in a dying in an airplane crash so it does seem to me that yes you might you might be a radically advanced technological civilization but it doesn't mean you're going to make you know it doesn't mean you can't make mistakes um, yeah, I don't buy it. I mean, 12 craft 
with alien. I mean, I just think it's highly unlikely that, um, you know, having gotten over here, you know, from either another dimension of reality. You'd crash on, you know, yeah, yeah, on the... Um, in the yeah, desert. Yeah. I, th I think it's right. much, I think it's much more likely that, you know, this was done on purpose. Um, you know, if, assuming it's, you know, quote unquote, real again, um, you know, but, the, the, you know, you know, I, I guess we could, you know, suggest that there may be an agency on the part of these other beings and that agency, you know, may have been kind of revealed, um, you know, through the narratives, you know, that, that you know, these abduction narratives, uh, also through certain narratives that, you know, have been seeded to like the crop circles uh, and so on. And it, and, it, and it may be that the beings that are like presenting themselves maybe as like the first level of contact uh, are not beings at all that have, you know, are, are good interests at heart. Uh, and, um, you know, there, there is kind of like, I mean, then you get into like these various ideas that, you know, you know, do they need our buy-in in some way? Like, like, you know, if, if they were going to make a, a, a mass landing, I don't know, is there some kind of, you know, galactic code of, uh, behavior, you know, that, uh, they can't, they can't, they can't trespass until like vampires or they can't, they can't really fully enter here until, until we kind of like invite them on some formal or unconscious level or something like that. Uh, just things to think about. <laughs> right. I mean, I, th I think that there might be now in popular culture, there might be more of an acceptance that, or less of a willingness to sort of, you know, fire on nuclear weapons at them. I mean, well, that's not going to do anything. I mean, that would be a terrible idea. But there was a, a famous crop. No, but I'm, but like, I'm, I'm saying that now, like, it, it, because it's saturated the culture more, that now there would be more of an acceptance through popular culture. I mean, I was, you know, through popular culture about aliens and things like that. The the tone is, seems to have changed a bit now, where they might be regarded as more friendly. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, it does seem that, like, the whole this thing does seem to be escalating like that we have more and more like you were saying there's story after story after story of these uh agents coming forward and saying i've you know i've had this experience we had the whole the joe rogan the bob lazar story on joe rogan podcast i mean that was that was a pretty that was pretty big i mean it was seen by millions and millions of people so there was there was back in 2001 and 2002 there was like a very interesting like weird series of crop circles i um, mean 2001 Obviously, you know, that's 2001, the Space Odyssey. It was like um, kind of, you know, in particular, you know, resonance there. They, uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a field in, near Chilbolton, a radio transceiver, uh, there was a crop circle that appeared uh, that, that, you know, basically mimicked an image that we sent out to space uh, in the 70s that uh, Carl Sagan was involved with um, that showed like our, you know, the, how we look as humans, our DNA, the elements that are the basic building blocks of, of biological life, and so on. You know, how we how we transmitted the message, and so on. I think it was through the Arecibo uh, message, um, and uh, so something came back that was like an an alien version of that, right? Like it had like a smaller being with like a bigger head. It added silicon to the DNA strands. It it, it suggested that it was using some form of like advanced telepathy to send uh, its message rather than um rather than a radio telescope or something radio 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 a transceiver um so that was very weird and interesting and at, at the time it was you know uh, i mean there's we could you know, there's a crop circle thing it's like a whole rabbit hole to go down why i think it's you know 
worthy paying attention to. Well, there are a lot of people who claim that's completely the hoax and so on. Um, but the next year, 2002, a crop circle appeared that was unlike anything that we'd ever seen before in its complexity. And it showed a typical kind of gray alien with the big head and the big buggy eyes holding a, a disc. And on the disc, there was ASCII code. And the ASCII code could be translated into a message. And uh, the message was, uh, uh, beware the bearers of false gifts and their broken promises. Much pain, but still time. Believe there is good out there. We oppose deception, conduit closing. So, I mean, there, you know, in the crop circle community, there were various efforts to kind of interpret this. But, but basically, the idea would be that um, there's kind of, you know, there is maybe something like a galactic consulate or federation. There's, you know, benevolent, you know, agencies out there. But then there are more, you know, kind of malignant, uh, parasitic ones. And, you know, the, the, the ones that, you know, we've encountered through like Roswell and you've encountered in, in, your, in, your, in your dreams, a lot of them seem to be more negative in, in which they almost want to kind of, you know, kind of, uh, um, you know, use our human experiment for their own purposes, um, you know, potentially to hybridize, to take over the planet. They, they, and maybe they've actually been, you know, there's, there's a theory that we actually got a lot of technology that we put into, into practice through these different alien crash landings that it's led to things like uh, microchips and so on. So, you know, they, they've accelerated maybe our rational capacities, our technology capacities, you know, and, and as we can see, our, our technological evolution has kind of gone way beyond our moral development and our, and our, and our wisdom, you know, so, so it's led to a hypertrophied situation of, of extreme peril for humanity. Uh, so, the, so, so the, you know, the indicate, once again, you might think it's a joke or, you know, certainly many, most people say it's a hoax, but the, you know, one, one possibility is that on some level or other, it's a real message. And they're, they're sort of saying that, um, you know, we have to, um, you know, turn down the, the deal of these particular entities uh, and recognize there are other kind of more benevolent forces out there that maybe also have more, um, kind of um, formal codes of conduct, you know, in terms of how they can interact uh, with the human species. I mean, one way I look at the whole crop circle phenomenon uh, as, as, a, as a communication system, and of course, this is just a theory, speculation could be totally wrong. Like, let's say that, you know, anthropologists encounter like a uncontacted tribe in the Amazon today. Like, you know, 50 years ago, you know, we would have just gone in with a helicopter, and that the whole integrity of that tribe would have been broken. Like they they would have created a cargo cult. They would have been they would have thought us as divine beings or you know gods or whatever. And they would have lost their whole culture, which is what happens. What's happened to a lot of cultures around the world uh, who've been um, kind of uh, you know obliterated, let's say, by by coming into too fast contact with you know Western capitalism and technology and so on. Uh, but let's say we were more sophisticated and we found the sort of uncontacted tribe, you know, now we might, you know, drop like one little picture, you know, or one little symbol, you know, or one little, you know, mathematical, you know, theorem or something. And, you know, let them over time begin to assimilate, you know, into their culture, uh, the, the, the prospect that there's a whole different world out there. You know, so the, the crop circles, you know, might be that type of methodology, 
you know, whereas, you know, you, you don't want to just jump in with something and, and destroy the integrity of, of, of the, you know, this very complex global civilization that's developed over many centuries. But you want to begin to give people kind of avenues for understanding. And, you know, like there was a guy, Gerald Hawkins, who was a professor of astronomy, who wrote one of the first books on Stonehenge. Uh, he analyzed a lot of the geometry, even in the very early crop circles. And he found, for instance, that they were showing us uh, new Euclidean, Euclidean uh, theorems. So these were, these were, you know, basic theorems of geometry that, um, you know, Euclid had never discovered, no human geometer had ever discovered. And they were doing it in this very elegant, simple way just to say, hey, like we actually have, you know, different higher knowledge about certain things that, 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 that you do at this point. Um, so, you know, I don't know that this is the case, but that it's, it's a hypothesis that I still find very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd certainly thought about that, the, the idea that, um, you know, you would, you, if you were to visit another planet and, and not particularly technologically advanced planet, you would have to be very, very careful about how you did that and about how you seeped into the popular culture, uh, much in the same way that, yeah, with uncontacted tribes, like you say. And so that had been, you know, I, I certainly thought about that aspect being, that, but it, but it seems to be, you know, it, it is accelerating. Whichever way it's seep, it's ripping through the culture. I mean, I'm you're, I'm watching things on National Geographic and the Discovery Channel, where they're talking about this stuff seriously now. Like, you know, 20 years ago, it was a it was a big joke. Uh, the whole thing was a big joke, but it's not a joke anymore. I mean, I talked to um, an and, and, and 25 years ago, psychedelics were a huge joke. And, right. And everyone's realized that it's like one of the most important areas of investigation for understanding the psyche. Yeah. I mean, I, I spoke to an astrobiologist uh, randomly on July 4th. One of my neighbors is an astrobiologist, a, a very prominent organization. And I talked to him about this. And I, I wanted to, you know, because I've been, I've been struggling with it. I'm like, am I going crazy? Am I going down like a crazy rabbit hole, a UFO rabbit hole? Um, and I'm going to turn into that guy, that alien guy, um, which, uh, you know, I, I've certainly met people, particularly within the psychedelic circles, who, who yeah. I think they've gone too, it seems to me they've gone too far, uh, but I, I don't know. Um, but he, when I talked to him, he said, yeah, I mean, sure, why not? Uh, that his job is to look for signs of life on Mars. I mean, that's what he, that's what he does all day, and um, particularly he specialises in Mars. Uh, but he said, "Yeah, there, there's no reason why it wouldn't be." And um, you know, he why, said, why, "Why it wouldn't be uh... any life or aliens visiting us?" He said, "There's no physical yeah. reason why that, that wouldn't be possible." And, um, you know, he's spoken to many people within his circles of like, you know, you, you whispers stories of people who work for NASA who've heard of these programs. And, you know, I think someone got their house raided recently. There was a NASA scientist who got their house raided by the FBI. He was telling me about who worked on one of these projects and uh, for absolutely no reason whatsoever. So he was slightly sort of concerned about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, unfortunately, what, what's not going to happen, which needs to happen, I'm saying is like... Um, you know, the, to understand this whole phenomenon and contextualize it properly, you know, you, you actually need, you know, some Tibetan lamas, you know, some kogis, you know, some, some Hopi elders, you know, some ayahuasca shamans, you know, people like myself and Bernardo Kastrup, you know, and, you know, I think John Mack isn't alive anymore, but you need to, you know, the, the you know, the Jungians, like, like, you know, it, it needs to be, it, it, need, it needs a, an intricate, 
and subtle like consciousness perspective because uh, otherwise it's going to be you know just just seen as a very uh, literal uh, phenomenon you know and um uh you know for me i think they're you know that that we're you know in a sense somehow co-creating you know what 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 manifests um where we're maybe entangled now with with these other agencies and and and, and they represent a range of uh, potentiality um from that also reflects you know our darkest uh, aspects and as well as our more enlightened and highest aspects i mean you know like the hopi apparently in arizona you know always knew about like star beings and they would go every summer you know to a sacred spot in the grand canyon and and you know lights would come you know light ships would come and hover over and so on that's quite common for a lot of indigenous uh, traditions um you know so so but but i think that what we're getting with the, the, the big-headed aliens and these particular, like, the, the physicalized crafts that have crashed or whatever have been left there for us, the bodies of these kind of replicant beings, if, if that's, you know, if that's becoming more and more, if it's sort of slowly in stages moving from the, the liminal to the tangible, mm -hmm. uh, it's part of a, um, potentially, uh, it's part of an agenda uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't suit our interests as, as, a, as, as a human family, you know. Um, but there, but there also, I believe, are other agencies in the universe uh, that um, you know we, we we could work with or call upon, uh, you know, if we reach that level of understanding. Yeah, I mean, what do you say to the physicalists, the materialists who just who accept this, who accept that this is happening, but it, it's just a pure a matter of you know we. You know, just as we discovered other tribes, or just as we discovered species in different, you know, faraway lands, um, that this is just we're just being visited by aliens from another galaxy, and they're here, and uh, they might just be tourists. Have you have you considered that too? As in, like, it might not be any of these kind of shamanic, uh, these other kind of shamanic aspects or Jungian um, manifestations of what of the of the overmind that it could just be literal, you know. Aliens are visiting us. I don't know. That's that's been playing on my mind too. That it could just we, I'm taking this down a philosophical route that it doesn't need to go in, and that when you read the testament, you know, when you read, uh, we listen to Grush's testimony. He's saying no, no, no. We've got documentation. We've got these crafts. Like we've got had contact. They're talking to us. Um, that that th th this could be a lot simpler. Does, does that make sense too? Like that's been. I've been struggling with that too. Like, been thinking, like, I don't know how to put. How would I then integrate that into? Yeah, totally. I mean, so, but I, I just, I think if you go back and you know maybe listen again to what I've been trying to explain to you here, you know, I mean, I mean, um, the, the 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 sort of underlying, you know, kind of ontology, you know, phenomenology, like, you know, our our way of understanding our own relationship to the universe is 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 you know more and more important as 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 we deal with this type of phenomena, you know, because also it's like, clearly it's not like just straightforward, you know, it's just, I, I agree. I, I agree with what you're saying. It's, it's something that's, that's, you know, so, you know, if, if we don't understand it, uh, if we're not capable of raising our minds to the point where we can understand it, you know, in a, in a more, you know, kind of uh, philosophical, you know, metaphysical way, I think it's just going to crush us, you know, because um, we're not going to have um, 
a defense structure for, to, to deal with that. You know. Yeah, because if you think about how this would affect um, the broad, you know, the most of the population, is, it, you would have a complete psychic break. It would be. Well, I don't, I don't know if you'd have a complete psychic break, but I mean, I guess, I guess what I'm what I'm pointing towards again and again is when you go through all these accounts, you know, the David Jacobs books, you know, the the many many accounts of the abductions, you know, there 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 is a. Um, you know, our, our agenda is not the only thing that's at play here. Um, you know, so, you know, there's another agenda that is preying on our maybe like weaknesses and, 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 and our foibles and our, and our flaws and our kind of incapacity to um, understand the nature of reality as it is, you know. So where do you see this going? Where, how, how do you see this unfolding, this particular, do you, do you see this, the, the, the the grush thing happening. I mean, there's, we're going to have Senate, you know, apparently there's going to be some sort of investigation. Um, how do you, would you see this unfolding? I, th I think that it's like, it's moving from the liminal to the tangible. I don't know at what uh, time frame, uh, but to me, it's, um, you know, one thing that we might have to consider is that these beings or entities may also have a different relationship to space and time than we do mm -hmm. uh, in, in that they may have orchestrated a whole thing to bring about a certain outcome, you know? Uh, and, um, and yeah, so, 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 I mean, as I said, there's other agencies, I mean, the, you know, it's like a weird feeling sometimes of going into one of the crop circles, you almost have the feeling, not just that it's coming from another, you know, the ones that are really pristine and seem like very, very real, it almost feels like another time. Like it feels like it's um, maybe it's like from the future or something like that, you know, like, like, you know, our idea of like, you know, um, I mean, uh, the, 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 you know, the, even the way we think about time in, in, in our current um, mental, you know, like this philosopher, Gene Gebser, who I used a lot, who was a big influence on Ken Wilber, um, integral theory. Uh, he talked about uh, different structures of consciousness being uh, different ways of relating to time and space. And he talked about humans having passed through um, a number of different structures, like the Aboriginal or archaic structure. So for mm -hmm. the Aboriginal archaic, you know, structure, like people like the Aboriginals in Australia or whatever, there's no idea of like progress. There's no history. You know, the, the every moment is, is the ever present origin in, in its fullness and ritual and ceremony is simply to honor the creation and to maintain it in, it in its proper working functional order in a way. Then you get into the sort of magical tribal consciousness with there's some kind of idea of like operations, like magic that can influence the future or the, even the past. Then you have the, the mythological, the myth-based consciousness as a structure where time is seen as a cycle, you know, or, or, or so you have like the um, procession of the equinoxes, you know, um, with the, uh, Egypt, like the age of Aquarius, you know, age of Pisces, you have the, uh, the Mayans, the Aztecs, the Mesoamerican idea of these big cycles of time, like the long count calendar of the Maya, the age of the fifth sun, the age of the sixth sun, the Hopis talk about the fourth world moving into the fifth world. Um, you know, the, the, the golden age, silver age, bronze age of like the ancient Greeks and so on. Uh, and, and then you have, um, a, the, what we're in now is the mental rational structure. 
So we became, starting from the Renaissance, uh, we became obsessed with um, material quantity and spatialization in a way that previous cultures just hadn't been. And, um, you know, we, we, you know, Newton talked about absolute time as equivalent to absolute space. It's just as there's like an endless, you know, kind of depth of spatial field. There's like time is like this linear quantity. So every, every way we think about time is based in that. It's like we're running out of time, we're spending time, we're wasting time. We're constantly conceiving of time as a, as a kind of spatialized quantity that we can never seem to get enough of. All right. So, um, so yeah, so, so that's the time that we're living in at the moment. You know, we don't know what time it is for these for these entities. Like, you know, it, it's possible that they're moving through time, and that they're 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 constructing kind of like a like a diorama or or, or a, a set of uh, interventions, you know, to bring about a um, uh, a future scenario that's beneficial to them. You know, one for instance in which you know hybrid human aliens uh, repopulate the planet. You know, uh, and uh, therefore we just have to be very very suspicious of like you know, their, them and their agenda, I guess is what I would say. Um, yeah, the uh, the David Jacobs books are quite fascinating. I mean, like he talks about how like um, when humans are brought on board the spaceships to play with the hybrid human-alien children, uh, often the, um, uh, the, the children have blocks, but uh, they're telepathic. So it's not like they have to learn like letters or numbers or anything, but the blocks have different feelings on them. Because they, they don't they don't have the capacity to feel. So that's what they're desperately trying to gain from us, from their interactions with us. Yeah, um, I mean that's wild. It's it's it's. I mean, I guess we're gonna have to entertain. If this stuff is going to be more in the public consciousness, these are kind of concepts we're gonna have to start grappling with. with that's, what I'm, that's what I'm trying to put out there. I mean, it's and it's you know we're not ready at all. Like we're 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 like so fucking uh, immature. You know, like, look at, I mean, uh, these, I mean, even like somebody like RFK Jr., who's now getting so much prominence or, you know, Joe, I mean, it's like so, um, you know, you know, adolescent. It's like we have an adolescent boy culture, you know, that's, um, um, yeah, I mean, which don't even, won't even deal with scientific evidence, let alone metaphysical uh, paradigm shift. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have noticed this when, when I've traveled to Peru. And spoken to people there. I mean, my, my wife's family are from Peru too, uh, and from, from from the from the rainforest, um, actually from from the Amazon. Um, and there, it's quite. I find it very interesting to talk about these kind of topics with them because ontologically, that doesn't cause a, a schism. It doesn't cause any any disruption to them whatsoever. They're just like, yeah, of course. Did you not know that? Um, <laughs> And, and I would, you know, when I had my ayahuasca experience, I came back and I was like, um, I told them about it. And they said, well, yeah, what did you think? Did you think that we were making it up? Um, do you, and I thought, well, yeah, I just thought it was all superstitious bullshit. But you go down there and you realize that they've actually, their culture and civilization may actually be far more sophisticated than, than our own. In certain respects. Uh, in, 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 yes, right, and I think that's always the thing to bear in mind, right? That that it's in some ways we are, you know, there are things that we do um, better than other other cultures, um, but you know they seem to have a very coherent worldview that is able to entertain. They're able to entertain these very, much more abstract um, 
concepts than than we are, um, and this con you know reality to them is 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 far more fluid, far 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 more fluid than than our concept is, and it's quite difficult to explain this to um, people in the West who are very very steeped in a sort of rationalist mindset that uh, we are just living through a particular era, right? This is just an era. Yeah. Um, and we and we, we're somewhat of an aberration if you look at human history. I yeah, mean, I mean, you know, even, even history is a historical idea. Right, <laughs> I mean, right, of course. Digitals don't even have an idea of history in a way, you know, not, neither do, like, you know, the ancient Egypt, Egyptians, they had, like, you know, pharaohs and, and, and lineages and, and, and but, but you know, everything was ultimately in, the, in this mythological, cyclical uh, consciousness, you know. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's fun, fun stuff to, to, to think about. <laughs> I think it's, these are things we're going to have to think about. I mean, like I, I get it. If pe a lot of people who, a lot of, you know, people I've spoken to also don't want to know, they're just like, this is bullshit. I don't want to, I don't take any of this stuff seriously. Unless you come up with an alien spacecraft on live television, uh, with scientists there, I don't care. Uh, but it seems to be a little bit more serious than that, at least at least to, from my perspective, that we have to take these things. And if, you know, we have to take these things seriously as a phenomenon as well, right? As a, as a not only just, you know, there could be aliens, but as in, like, something, something's very strange, something is happening, something, I don't know exactly what it is, hard to put your finger on, but, like, the fact that we're hearing this, I mean, it's such a strange thing to hit to see the guardian and the new york times and the washington post talking about this stuff openly now uh I, I, that that is a huge shift and that means that certainly means something for our culture um well look I'll, i think we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there daniel i, I really um mind-bending conversation uh i appreciate uh, uh your insights on this um yeah so. it's great, great to chat let's do it again sometime I certainly don't feel any more confident about where we stand after this, but but <laughs> mind is mind is definitely open to a lot more possibilities. But um, hey, check, out the, check out the Bernardo Castro book, uh, Why Materialism is Baloney, uh, as well as the Patrick Harper book, uh, The Philosopher's Secret Hi Fire. Uh, I think those are really great ways to sort of keep opening the uh, the proper uh, crack in the, in, the, in the rational structure in a way. <laughs> Yeah, we'll do. All right, Daniel, yeah. thank you. Yeah, keep going. Good to chat.